Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. So we can't talk about the inauguration because... It's not happened yet. It has not happened yet. But we keep recording on the morning of, like, historical events. (laughs) Events, I know. (laughs) We Uh, should mention that the inauguration is today, which is wild. And uh, we are... It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. And hopefully nothing goes terribly wrong. I know, I know. It's like <laughs> we're at, like, what do we say? We can't say anything good or bad because who knows what will happen. I know, so. exactly. We're like, we don't want to jinx it. We don't anything. jinx it, exactly. No, but anyway, anything. we just want to note that we're recording the morning of the inauguration and we are, we are super excited. Yeah. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like realizing that I've been holding my breath basically all morning. We already recorded a Patreon episode and I was holding my breath the whole time. Oh, I was holding my breath for the past four years. So now oh, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. we can all like sigh of relief together. I- <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> Especially this exactly. morning. I was like, why do I feel so nauseous? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's why. That's why. Nothing anyway, let's do our episodes so that we can turn on the yes. news. <laughs> exactly. And panic for the rest of our day. So I'll pick the card of the day today. I feel like it's Yay. been a thousand years since I did, even though I know that can't be true. I know it's I not true. It every single week. <laughs> For a couple weeks in a row, you forgot to schedule me. So you're just like, oh, we're just going to go along with the flow. That's we'll do fine. Esther just a whole bunch of times in a row. It'll be okay. All right. Our card of the day is the seven of cups. Oh, interesting. Right. Okay. We'll see how that uh, there, it's like, goes through our episode. Yeah, exactly. But I guess there are a lot of options that are happening. Yeah, option, lots of options that are happening. Lots of ways we can go. Lots of cups <laughs> to drink and partake of. Yeah. Here for us. Okay. So our first question from the episode is from R. And they ask, I'm in a major transition period right now. I recently came out to my parents and I'm looking at moving later this year to start working towards certification as a veterinary technician. Yay. I like veterinarians. <laughs> Which is a sharp shift from my original degree in linguistics. And they go into that linguistics was a deep passion of theirs, but the academic part was just extremely stressful. Yeah. Academias can be a little bit of a nightmare. Yeah. This is all exciting, but also intimidating. My parents were very supportive in the initial conversation, but in practice, they're having a hard time with the new pronouns and asserting myself about it is difficult. I struggle with changes in routine, let alone moving whole new cities. School finance worries probably go without saying. And while I think it will be worth it, I didn't enjoy being a student and I have some trepidation about a second round. My attempts to read about this myself tend to get too caught up in everything I'm already feeling, so I would appreciate hearing your take on whatever advice the cards might have on how to keep myself grounded and or navigate the options in front of me as I find footing on this new path. This is where the Seven of Cups came in. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was like, oh, here we are. Oh, we got it. Your your card is the Seven of Cups to begin with. Yeah, good news. You already know that, though. Yeah, exactly. So I really like the the two options they gave for like answering their questions, like yeah, navigate keeping themselves grounded. grounded and navigating the options in front of them. I really yeah, because like it is a a lot to be going on at once. Yeah, I think like not liking to be a student though, and I have this conversation with my students all the time, is that if you're interested in the topic, it's going to feel less annoying to have to go yes. through it. Yeah. Like. In a vet tech program, you're not required to take stuff that you won't find useful and interesting because it's not mm-hmm. like you're doing general education or like, you right. know, very basic breath classes. It's all stuff right. that is skill based. So you're not forced to take philosophy classes that have nothing to do with you right, know, dogs. Exactly. And like <laughs> I always have to tell my students when they're like, I don't want to take those breath classes. I'm like, it's supposed to be giving you an a greater understanding of the world. But in a vet tech program, it's supposed to be teaching you how to be a vet tech. So you won't have as much flexibility, but also (laughs) theoretically everything should feel really specifically interesting because that's what you're 
planning on doing. Right. It feels very relevant and you're not going to have like a lot of like external stuff that doesn't feel like you're kind of going anywhere. Like you're not yeah. like spinning your wheels essentially in this program. Yeah, probably. totally. So keeping yourself grounded is something that is good in general. Um, but hopefully it won't feel quite so imperative with schoolwork specifically because you're already doing stuff that's so like focused on the here and now. Right. All right. So how can R stay grounded? Okay, staying grounded. Or stay grounded. <laughs> it's no. One of the cards I pulled was the Knight of Swords and his eyebrow action here. Oh, is yeah. It's just like crafty and like I've got. Totally. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I got the Four of Coins. What did you get? I got the Tower and the Knight of Swords. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think it's it's. Just to staying grounded, just realize that this, any sort of new program you're going into, it's going to be from the ground up. Like, yeah, you know, you're it's rebuilding going, something. Re, that rebuilding of something, that tearing down of old structures, that academic, that like minds that you've been in for so many years. Yeah. It's not going to be like that in this new program, essentially. And the Knight of Swords is like just, just rushing forward in forward. that in in that sort of like intellectual mind space like don't get caught up in all this other emotional stuff or the passion stuff just study 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 like just well, keep going forward yeah with that. and also with the four of coins it's kind of like be selfish and protect yourself so mm-hmm. maybe with the transition stuff and the pronoun shifting and like your family just all i guess the entire transition thing like all of it yeah gender and also literally moving just like right. allowing yourself to protect yourself while yes. also just sort of focusing, like Esther said, on like the intellectual rushing forward, like all of the new ways of thinking, all of the new ways of like, like perception of yourself. Just keep pushing mm-hmm. forward in that way and be okay with understanding that you're having to rebuild everything from the ground up. It's not yeah. like you're like able to just sort of rely on old structures. You're kind mm-hmm. of getting the opportunity to say, like, no, here's my ground floor. Like, let's just start there. And right. now we can build from there. Yeah. And the Knight of Swords is unapologetic of whatever they're doing. They yeah. are the, they are the most, like, obstinate, like, not that they they don't have a sense of, like, that they are wrong, but they are not going to apologize for their new life path, essentially. Right. So and don't feel bad it's because it's well that. thought out. Like, because yeah. of that intellectualism and that, like, thoughtfulness, there isn't a need to defend yourself like and I think even with the four of coins it's like you're not defensive you're protective so like you know that you're making the right decisions and so moving forward with a lot of confidence and saying like I'm confident about this like I think the four of pentacles can also be so confident because it's not a desperation thing that's holding on to that necessarily especially I think paired with a knight it's like sort of more self-actualized almost Mm mm-hmm like yeah. I'm protecting myself rather than right. I'm like clinging to something. Yeah. Well, because I know a lot of people like think of the four of coins as like you holding on to your money and you're not giving away because you're scared of giving it up. And for me, it's always been that sort of conservation of energy, conservation and protecting yeah. yourself from other people taking from you because that's okay to have those boundaries there and yeah. to uphold those. And to me, like, like you said, the night is very much, that sort of person who's who's already studied everything, who has everything down pat and all of their knowledge is there and they're very, very black and white about topics in their brain. And so they can be like, I have thought this through. This is where I am now. You can accept it or you can go home sort of yeah, attitude. Yeah, and especially with the tower, it's like there's already so much. I think having the tower be in a position of keeping you grounded is so interesting because it's kind of like, <laughs> saying that recognizing that this is a tower moment will allow that moving on that self protection, stuff like that. Yeah. Rather than trying to keep the tower aloft and going through all of it, you like recognize that the tower has crumbled and now you can sort of like push forward for it. Yeah. Should we pull for navigation advice? Yes. I like both of grounded and navigation. Those are both beautiful words. Yes. Well done. R. Okay. What did you get? I got the Eight of Cups and King of Pentacles. Okay, and I got the Six of Cups and the Ten of Wands. Ooh. What did you get? Eight of Cups. I got the Eight of Cups and King of Pentacles. For your two, it's kind of like an acceptance that even though you may have idealized your family in certain ways, that they're going to be a disappointment still. 
or just like that nostalgia for what you think it was like can be really, I guess, exhausting. Burdensome. Yeah. 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 Like if, if the focus is on, oh, well, if only it could have been this way or they, sh- you know, sort of focusing on more, like a childlike perception of how your parents react to stuff mm-hmm. can feel then like even more of a burden rather than being able to sort of like see them as adults who have their own shit that's not your responsibility exactly (laughs) that can help with like sort of alleviating some of the burden of like familial nostalgia Mm -hmm. um and then with the eight of cups and the king King of of Pentacles. pentacles i think just like stepping into your own power Mm -hmm. and like leaving behind sort of like the structured organization that nostalgia sort of like puts on you Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's basically saying you've built what you can at this point in your life and it's time for you to move on and step into yourself and who you are as a person i like the king of pentacles as sort of like a goal for moving forward like that's Mm -hmm. who are can be emulating the most yeah just in that there's like so much strength and understanding and also control of sort of the personal and like physical, so like yeah. physicality, job stuff, all of that stuff comes with that king of or king of pentacles. So leaving behind sort of like nostalgia issues and feeling so burdened by that so that you can put on the crown of the king of pentacles is kind of a beautiful mindset to use while mm-hmm. you're making transitions. Yeah. And the king of pentacles to me is the most grounded of all of the pentacles. Suit. Yeah, totally. They're the ones who are, who, who know themselves the most and will act in that power with wisdom and strength. And so yeah. like, this is sort of the archetype that to kind of like chase after and run after as your eight of cups saying yourself out of the situation. Yeah. You know, totally love it. Awesome. Yes. R. good luck. Congratulations on your new vet tech program. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I love vet. So I'm like, and moving. I know yeah. our vet is on. the best and they, <laughs> all of the vet techs have pit bulls. So every time they see oh. Mac, they're like super stoked, I love which that. I love because yeah. I'm super stoked about Mac. <laughs> My little baby. Yeah. Our second question is from Danielle. And I just want to start off by giving a content warning for this question. There's a mention of rape, but it's not the focus of the question. Uh, it's something that happened to someone else and it's not the like central reading. Yes. But if that is something that you're not interested in hearing about, you can just skip forward a couple of minutes and I'll put the time stamp in the show notes so you can pause the episode, check the timestamp and skip forward to then when we're finished. Exactly. Exactly. But like I said, it's not the focus of the question. So it, it shouldn't be too long that we're talking about it. So Danielle says, I believed from the time I was 11 and accidentally read my mom's journal that I was a product of rape. I recently got my DNA tested through 23andMe and found out that my mom's rapist is not my father. I'm obviously thrilled with that, as is my mom. My mom was actually with my father for the first few years of my life, but they broke up because he slept with her sister, which like, dude, get a grip. What? (laughs) Anyway, I don't have any ill will nor any interest in a relationship with him, but I do want him to know that he's my father. My mom didn't know, and so he didn't know either. And thank him for taking care of her after her rape and other trauma. She calls him her rescuer, and she was literally abandoned by her family in this situation, and he was the only one who stepped in. I have his address and phone number, and I'd like to write him a letter to say these things and to send him a photo or whatever. Uh, as long as I know he gets the letter, I'm fine with whatever response or non-response I get. My life is amazing and isn't missing anything, including a dad. My questions are, is sending a letter a good idea? Is this good timing? And then she says, I have a sense of urgency because he's in his seventies and waves hand vaguely around in America. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, will this letter be intercepted by his wife and will sending this letter be damaging to him or to me in some way that I cannot see? Hmm. I yeah that those are all really good questions I can't imagine sort of the relief your mom must feel and yeah also I do think that the amount of time that he was with her at the beginning of your childhood also influences this because he's not a complete stranger so I can understand why the readings that Danielle's been trying to do about it would come back muddied because yeah. he did have some hand in being part of her life when she was a small child. 
Right, right. Small, yeah. small, small child. Yes. Because then he fucked it up. <laughs> I know. Gosh. We both have sisters, and it's just, like, unfathomable. Yeah, yeah, never. All right. But I do think that Danielle just starting off with is sending a letter a good idea. Yeah. And it's interesting that she brought up, will this letter be intercepted by his wife? Because if his wife knows that he was in this relationship years and years and years ago, I mean, is it, mm-hmm. he's in his 70s now, so it must have right. been, like, maybe 30 years ago yeah. or more, then the wife anxiety is probably coming from an internal place rather than an Mm -hmm. idea that she would either not know or be angry. It would like, right. But I guess that's what the reading is for. Is it going to have any unintended consequences? Right. But starting with is sending a letter a good idea. Which I guess is a, is a yes or no, but we can still, it's okay. We can, we can still suss it out. Oh, what did you get? I got the three of pentacles. And I got the queen of cups. I think, yes, it's a good idea. Because yeah. to me, like, three of pentacles, this one has three hands, and it's like you, Offering. your mom, and him. And yeah. they're working together to solve a problem, and that's, to me, what the situation kind of was a result yeah. of. And then also having the queen of cups is like, and I, so I got the queen of cups and the six of, of swords. And okay. I think that it is like in that situation so much more about you sort of like not having to deal with this hanging over you anymore. Like you're Mm -hmm. in such an emotionally stable and comfortable place. You really love your life how it is now. So the three of pentacles and the six of swords paired together is almost like this is a way of you kind of like removing this role from yourself. Like you're sort of sharing this, information or ta I guess I don't want to say burden again because I don't think that that's what it is but no. sharing the I guess the burden of knowledge like releasing right. sort of yeah. like the position of being the one who knows mm-hmm. you're sharing it with two other people and that's positive because the six of swords is so much about kind of like moving on for the better and yes. with the queen of cups being there too it's also like kind of confirming your own stable, comfortable, emotionally secure place, but allowing yourself to remove your own, I guess, responsibility for being the one who has that information. Right. Right. It's no longer you. That's just holding the pentacle. You're all three kind of sharing this pentacle. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what I, what I'm trying to say. Good call. Okay. (laughs) Good use of words. Uh, I guess we can ask a question about timing. I think maybe is this good timing? Isn't the best way to, phrase it because what does that mean mm-hmm. like now or is it six months from now or within the year or whatever is this good timing is this good timing let's see what we could change it to just in i guess what time frame or kind of maybe what signs to look for to, for it to be a good time to send it maybe maybe something like that or kind of like how will she know it's a good time how will danielle know it's a good yeah time, how can danielle know it's a good time to send it yeah it's going to be the eight of wands. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately. <Yeah>. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the cards for just, like sending the letter were pretty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> aggressively, yes. Uh, how will you know? How will Danielle? Okay, what did you get? I got the page of swords. Okay. And I got strength and the king of swords. Okay. I, for me, the page of swords is like when that inspiration strikes immediately started. Well, and I think paired with the, maybe the King and also strength, it's like, you already have it in you. So if you're feeling now, like you should send it, then like the inspiration has struck and you already have like sort of the, you know what you want to get out of it. You've thought about this enough. You're not like hoping that one reaction will happen over another. So like you're Mm -hmm. sort of intellectually, you have a lot of clarity about what your goals are and you're also strong enough that if it feels like the right time now do it. Right. Especially with like the page of swords. It's to me is that sense of like, like urgency and expectancy. Yeah. The king of swords there also is like, you already have everything within you that you're capable of doing this. Like you already have all of your points down, everything you kind of want to say. It's just actually kind of like mustering that strength almost sort of to do it. So yeah, just whenever that page of swords energy just kind of like, you know, settles like, okay, I think it's now let me do it now. Like, yeah, 
yeah. start it. Yeah. You have sort of like the boundaries and like basis for it. So yeah. Okay. And then I think just skipping to the, will this letter be damaging to him or me in some way I can't see is a good idea because I think the wife thing would come up through this if it were going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Damaging to. Or I guess just pull for consequences, both of the, for the letter of the letter. Yeah. Yeah. Consequences generally. And then we can read to see if it's positive or negative. Right. Right. Oh my God. I got the queen of cups again oh. and the queen of swords. Oh, interesting. Cause I got the six of swords and three of wands. All right. So, so not, no bad consequences in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think there's, a, I think it'll bring you and your mom closer together. Maybe yeah, that's why we might I have those so. two queens. Those two like, court cards. Yeah. Having the two queens together. And then also like sort of, again, that six of swords. I love it because I pulled it once and you pulled it yep. once, which I love yep. it when that happens. Me too. Because it really confirms that that's like the right move. Like at least, mm-hmm. what was the other card you got? In a three of wands. So I think three it's going to be like, yeah. I think it'll bring, okay. Cause I got a three of pentacles. There's three individuals involved. I got three of wands, yeah. three individual. And like the three of pentacles is that sharing that, you know, that, that sharing of a sort of, I don't want to like, like you said, a burden. It's not like a burden, like a 10 of swords burden. It's just information, yeah. like a duty, something sort of thing. But to me, the three of wands is like, you're all going to be sharing that future going together. Well, and not even going together necessarily, but it, since it relieves the pressure of you and your mom being the only people who know, mm-hmm. then there's more opportunity to be open to other conversations. And yeah. Other things. To be yeah. open to the conversation. Exactly. To be open yeah. to like, Maybe even planning to meet up or something. Like I think right. the three of the three of wands is really cool in this case because yeah. it's kind of like it is so There's focused a door on yeah, like movement and stuff. So yeah, I think that like the result would be that you wouldn't have to be going through it by yourself, and that maybe yeah. like maybe you and your mom would be relieved of some of this yeah. together. That's the yeah. result of it. Oh my gosh, how wild. I'm so happy for your mom. I'm so happy for you. I'm also so glad for you, Danielle, that you feel so good about where your life is, that it doesn't, Yes. it's not going to be a make it or break it. Um, So this is more about you and you saying what you would like to say than anything Mm -hmm. else. And that's perfect for the situation. It really is. Yes. And also just because we're messy, messy, messy people, I would like to hear how this goes. <laughs> oh, yes, email yes. Us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We like, like sincerely, we beg every week for people to update us about stuff. And we really, really mean it because yeah, I want to hear it brings us joy. Like sincerely, we want to hear updates and news and things. So yeah, exactly. And uh, now we're moving on to Patreon shoutouts. So Woo-hoo. if you'd like to support us on Patreon, well, patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. We finally Yay. hit a charmed episode we liked. Yes, we did. <laughs> finally. I also just think that reiterating that one of the things when you become a Patreon supporter that you get right off the bat is a one sheet of tarot card definitions. That's a super right. great reference. And an also a one sheet of Lenormand card definitions. It's also a super great reference. Since we're reviewing a Lenormand deck this week, I do feel like that's really worth emphasizing because in addition to our wildly Lenormand, which is helpful and has a lot of definitions within it and it's in card format, that Lenormand cheat sheet that comes to our Patreon supporters is really cool and helpful if you're trying to get more into Lenormand as well. Yes, and that is available for those who are supporting us at the $15 tier. And there's a link in your email when it comes so you can find it super easily. So Yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's so exciting. Uh, and also, we just appreciate the support. We do. We really, really do. Yes, no exactly. <laughs> You've kept the lights on some months, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Uh, all right, so Patreon shoutouts. First up is Jessica. Jessica B., Jessica B, your card is the Four of Swords. Time to get a little bit of rest. Yeah. 
And our second newest patron is Sweet Gossip TV. And your pentacle, your pentacle, my gosh, your Patreon <laughs> card is the Four of Pentacles. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah, the exciting. Pentacles has come up a couple times too. I do like that card. Uh, and as far as announcements go, I think that we're pretty much all set. You can still pre-order our book. Um, yep. And yeah, it's all happening. It it's is. very exciting. Super exciting. So I'm super excited about this deck today, too. I do not own it, but Esther does. And I might by the end of today because <laughs> I love this artist so much. His story yes. really touched me. Um, and so we were talking about Light Lenormand by Neil Lavelle. And one of the cool things... Okay, so his website is um, Malpertuis. Yeah, Malpertuis. Got nothing. Yeah. Uh, which is a gothic novel. Actually, it comes from the name for a go- this gothic novel in which a uh, aging warlock imprisons all of the gods of Olympus and like random Flemish people within his castle. So oh. there's kind of, there's like a, some cool, cool lore mythology related to the name. Um, but anyway, one of the cool things about his website is that he talks in each description of the deck, like kind of what he was thinking with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from an artistic perspective, which we really love. We love. Yeah. Um, so for this deck, the light Lenormand, he says prior to this project, I'd spent a long time working on a very serious deck. So I was in the mood for creating something much simpler. Many of my decks have been heavily affected by card tradition and history. And I liked the challenge of abandoning that approach and instead presenting images as a simple and direct, uh, sorry, in as simple and direct a way as possible. I also wanted to design a deck which was more colorful and spontaneous, less laboriously thought out than most other Malpertuis decks. As always, however, the deck has a slightly retro texture. I took inspiration from vintage posters and labels. As the deck progressed, it began to take on a Japanese feel. Although this certainly hadn't been intentional, this seems to fit the overall atmosphere of the deck quite nicely. So in the spontaneous spirit, which was the genesis for the deck, I followed the idea wherever it felt suitable. Suitable. The Light Lenormand is by far the simplest and most colorful I've designed. I also hope that it will be easy for readers to use. And that it is, Neil. Good job. Um, one occasional criticism of the more elaborate decks in my catalog is that sometimes it takes users a while to familiarize themselves with the images, which can admittedly verge on the complex with this deck. Every card has been created with ease of reading in mind. So we alluded to this in the last episode, but this has kind of a weird history because Neil died in 2018 and his everything shut down. Like, Nothing was available, and it was really hard to find this deck. Aster got it secondhand. Yeah, I got it secondhand somebody. on Instagram. I was like, excuse me, I need this deck immediately. Please <laughs> Can I have me. That, Thank you very please. much. <laughs> so in 2018, his family posted on his business Facebook page basically saying, Neil unexpectedly passed away, and if you have an outstanding order with him, please let us know, and we'll try to get it to you. That resulted in this – like, I got so stuck in this – thread earlier because Mm -hmm. it's just really beautiful. Like people really, really loved Neil. They loved his work so much and were completely shocked by his passing away. Um, And so people were just an outpouring of love and support and all of this stuff. And that prompted his family to put an update on the website and start selling the remaining of his decks. So mm-hmm. the update on the website is from Joe Lavelle, whom I'm assuming is his brother. Um, yes. And Joe says, unfortunately, Neil passed away in August of 2018. His passing was very sudden and a surprise to all of his family and friends. It was while sorting out his business affairs that I really came to understand what a huge talent. Sorry. I don't know. It just makes me feel so emotional. What mm-hmm. a huge talent he truly was. To all the family, he was simply an Oxford-educated eccentric. He was never one to talk about his successes, and although I knew he'd been asked to contribute to a special deck produced for charity, all his other successes passed us by. A simple post on the Malpertius Facebook page produced a much more of a response than I expected. The messages poured in from all over the world from people who we had never met, but who felt his loss as deeply as we ourselves did. Sorry. Um, okay. I had several long email conversations with past customers and members of the online tarot community during this time, and they became a great source of comfort to me. I was able to express not only my great sense of loss, but also an enormous amount of pride that I wouldn't have been able to articulate in person. 
It has not been an easy journey, but with the relaunch of the Malpertia's name, I hope to be able to still get his beautiful works to those who loved them so dearly. Thank you for all your kind words and continued support. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. It just brings up a lot of stuff for me because of like the very talented artist sort of like Mm -hmm. being lost. I don't know. It's just like, it brings up up some stuff with my cousin who passed away last year and just how much people can be holding within them that other people can't really appreciate the beauty of because it's Mm -hmm. really hard for people to express that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, how Neil died. So I could be completely projecting my own stuff. I have no reason to believe that it was anything self-inflicted, but it brought up a lot of feelings about my own cousin who died that way um, or who Mm -hmm. died by suicide because just the amount of like beauty and art that people can create. And then their Mm -hmm. family doesn't even like understand the like huge level of it till they're gone. is just like so heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to buy everything he ever made. I want Joe to know like how cool (laughs) it is that he's taken up this mantle. And Mm -hmm. I also think that like anyone who's creating stuff, like I think also it brings up a lot of pride about you telling your family about all of this on the heels of us writing the book, because the idea of somebody putting so much time and effort into something, then being gone and then their family Mm -hmm. finding out about this huge, huge component of their life that like made them, a figure in, the, in a community that they didn't even know they were a part of. Right. So I think there's yeah. a lot of like that, like, I guess living in your truth and being like fully, I guess, present in mm-hmm. all facets of your life is something that means something to me and just feels really beautiful. So I'm so glad yeah. that Joe did this. I'm sure I know it was too. incredibly difficult to lose a sibling so unexpectedly. And then, find out that there were parts of him you didn't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But then also that those parts were super beautiful and mean so much to so many people. It's just like completely gorgeous. So wasn't expecting to cry, uh, (laughs) but here we are. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's like one of like my, I don't want to say like, cause I don't want to downplay, but it's one of my favorite like tarot artist stories. Yeah. That you have someone who's sort of like classically iconic in our community and they pass away and then a family member realizes like how iconic they were and decides to to keep their legacy going because like it was like I had found Neil beforehand and I was like okay god I gotta get these decks and then we discover that he had passed away and I was just like like I only kind of knew him probably for like a month about him for a month or two before yeah he passed before all of and a I was sudden like, his stuff disappeared it's yeah like, and it's just like so you know it was so like even devastating to me who's just a, on the peripherals and you yeah, know I can't imagine exactly. you know like so for me that's why I'm just so thrilled that Joe has decided to continue the legacy because like to me these decks are his decks are so beautiful. cool I mean when we when we, I was like researching for that little blurb and on his oh, website yeah. I was like oh I'm buying this other deck yeah. like immediately yeah. there's immediately. a lot of sort of like I think that it's he's an interesting artist because the decks don't all look similar but it seems mm-hmm. almost like thematic like he was really inspired by I, a style of art and then the whole yes. deck is created in that style yes um I think that the the beauty of Lenormand is that that is easier to do than with tarot because of the card. There's so many fewer cards. It's like less than half the number of cards. So if you want to do a really beautiful deck that all feels like sort of street sign and Mm -hmm. like almost like Japanese aesthetic, like you can do 36 cards in that way and have it be so successful, so unique, so beautiful, so simplistic. Mm-hmm. And then if you then later are like, what about the arts and crafts movement of the early 20th century? You can do an entire Lenormand deck in the arts and crafts right. style. And people do that with tarot too. But I just think that maybe because I just spent so much time on his website and like went through all of his decks, they all have such different mm-hmm. feelings. Aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I he, think- and he's so true to it. Like the font yeah. choice and the yes. art like choices. It's just like, Every deck feels purely one concept. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's easier to do with Lenormand as well because you have specific icons in the deck. Yeah. With tarot, it's easier to do, I guess, with like pips, if that makes any sense. Because, yeah, totally. But, but you have more archetypes in tarot and in Lenormand, it's like items. And so it, you're yeah, able to exactly. keep those themes sort of like 
separated where tarot yeah. you kind of have to have like a through line if it makes any sense with these archetypes yeah, totally. it has to kind of make sense with lenormand it's like a house well so yeah because there's yeah. not a like you're not with tarot you're telling the fool's journey with lenormand it's just like icons like it's exactly just a symbol so you're right. totally right that's a really good so it's point. easier to keep in your aesthetic or to stay in one certain theme with 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 lenormand than yeah tarot, in my opinion yeah and this deck is just so i mean i guess we'll get to it in a second but it's just mm-hmm. super cool like mm-hmm. it just feels like funky and neat and yeah. simplified it's just like a really i guess visually interesting and in it's simplicity deck yes yes definitely so i guess we could talk about it. so the only place you can find it is just their website uh which we'll link in the show notes it's m-a-l-p-e-r-t-u-i-s malpertuis.co and so you can find it on their website, and uh, that's the only place you can find it, unless you get it second yeah. like Esther did. Yeah. So it is 300 GSM uh, cardstock, and they are standard bridge size cards, so the same as like a regular standard card deck, and it comes in a tuck box. You have yes. it in your hands. Is there anything else you'd like to add about um, the, the tuck box is really teeny and you kind of have to feel like you got to rip it open because it's a teeny tuck <laughs> box, but it, it's a slightly glossy. It's not like super glossy. It's slightly glossy. So uh-huh. it's, it's easy, easy to shuffle in your hands. I will say the only thing I don't like are the backs and that's because oh, the backs like? are, so the backs are basically all the cards together oh. in the back. Huh. So it's not, it's like interesting because it kind of looks like bottle tops essentially. Like, yeah. Like, Kind of, but I'm like, I want a nice back. Like this to me is just kind of a lazy back, but that's. <laughs> no, I I love you, I love you, Neil, love you, Joe. But the yeah, backs ex- to me aren't my favorite, just because I really wanted like a back. Because like if you see the other Lenormand but backs, they're not like all the card faces. Yeah, on the back. totally. To me, I'm just like I just wanted a really cute like back because all else. the rest of the cards are really cute, but I don't like, yeah, like all the exactly. cards. Yeah, exactly. You so, could cover it with contact paper. That's true. I could, but something I'm to think about. To you're not too late you love deck that's true i do like deck mods (laughs) uh okay so there are 36 main cards and then it also comes with an alternative man and woman so that you can have two of each um yes there's still some like binary stuff where it's a little bit like gender essentialist you can't do like the representation of non-binary people in the same way but it also is nice to have multiple options that at least same-sex relationships can be conveyed. Yes, yes. Um, the colors used, it is just full-blown, like, pop colors, basically. How would you describe them in person? To me, they're, they're when he says it's his most colorful deck, I'm like, it's really not that colorful, unless, like, you mean, like, the variety of colors you use, because it's very yeah. muted tones. Like, yeah. like it's, like, browns and, and maroons and reds, and, like, it's not, like, Lots of greens, though, I guess. Yeah, lots of greens, but it's like muted greens and lots of muted blues and lots of muted mauves. So it's not like, to me, when he says colorful, I, I think colorful is like bright colors, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's like my own interpretation of colorful. <laughs> to me, this has lots of different colors, but they're all sort of like muted slate tones. Yeah. And I really like that. It has like, I don't want to say it has like a masculine feel because I because it's like a like saying that masculine colors are like darker colors, but it's definitely more of like neutral sort of color palette feeling. I think also what kind of just occurred to me is that it sort of feels like it doesn't, you can't see pixels, but it feels like the background in like a Nintendo 64 game. almost. Oh yeah. It feels like very, which I guess is maybe where he got that sort of like Japanese influence. It sort of feels a Mm -hmm. little bit like game play almost. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely a little more blocky and squared off than Yeah, which usual. is kind of neat. And also, if you do look at his other decks, that it is a huge departure from those just because oh, those yeah. tend to be a lot more flowy. And this is like much more sort of pixely. I guess blocky mm-hmm. is really the way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's super appropriate for any reading level because Lenormand is just so straightforward. There's not a lot of yes. like adjustments to the symbols that he uses it's just like very upfront. yep it's and it's not visually overwhelming every card is basically the similar sort of layout yeah maybe just a different color 
for the main color of the card and then like the icon within the circle. And the circle kind of reminds me of like the signs that you would see in Japan, like on the side of the road, because a lot of some of them are circles like this. Oh, yeah. And so to me, it I looks also more think like what you said, signs. though, about bottle tops, I feel like that's really oh, yeah. accurate. Like almost like yeah. pogs, if you remember yeah. pogs. <laughs> So the oh idea basically is that there's like one field, one color of a field as the background with the number, the course or not course title. Why am I so focused on registration? <laughs> like every single time <laughs> I try to talk. Two past two weeks. <laughs> talking about stupid Courses. class scheduling stuff instead of what I actually mean. It's not the course title. The card title. Card title. Uh, at the top, then the circular image with the symbol within it. And then at the bottom, there's the information about the card associations, like the playing mm-hmm. card associations. Card. I don't ever really find that to be too necessary in my own Lenormand reading, but maybe I know that there are some Lenormand people who'd be full-blown horrified by oh, oh, somebody right. admitting oh, yes. that. Oh, yes. Um, but like I can name them by names of people who I'm sure would like listen to that and be like, well, then yeah, like, she's not fine. good enough to touch a Lenormand deck. I know. I know. We, we are going to have some Lenormand conversations because it's a hot topic coming up these days. But yeah. Um, and then there's Japanese beside it, but I don't read Japanese. So I have no idea. I'm assuming that's the card name in Japanese. I wonder. That's what if, I'm assuming. Let me Google Translate. This. Yeah. Let me try to Google Translate it. Yeah. Um, take a picture and see maybe. So this has worked for me in Japanese before because my grandmother taught English in Japan when she was a young woman and Mm -hmm. she got this jacket while she was there at a thrift shop. She's like, I don't know what it says. And it's like a fireman jacket. It full blown says like fire department in huge letters (laughs) in Japanese on it. And I used this app to be able to translate it. And it was like, oh, it's a fireman's jacket. And she's like, really? (laughs) I had no idea. I love that. That's so adorable. I know. It's so funny. Okay, import, allow. This is super fun for an audio medium. <laughs> well, I'm just going to be editing it out, so you're fine. <laughs> oh. Is yours working faster? I did it. I did it on the dog one, and it says dog. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so pretty straightforward then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going doing clouds here, and I'll show you what it does on my app. So it does it like this. So it'll take the picture and then like write it in oh, English yeah, yeah, on yeah. top That's of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how mine Perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah. so cool. Then it also has the card title in Japanese at the bottom corner. Hey, and it, apparently it's accurate even in 2021. So. Yeah, exactly. Which is always nice. You're like, oh, yes. this wasn't as problematic as it could have been. Right. So yeah, I do have to say though, I thought it was by a Japanese creator. Yeah, it's just a yeah. British guy. Uh, but. It seems like because he's such this like research focused person, he does like he used accurate Japanese words, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then in the cards that do have like kind of a pagoda and stuff like that, it and also um, traditional dress. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that was something that he spent some time researching too, because a lot of yeah. his decks are like very historically based. Right. Um, so it's not like he just has something pop into his head and then kind of like butchers it. Right. Well, and when we were researching for our book, when, um, do you remember Lady Charlotte? She mm-hmm. had lots of divination decks from Japan. Yeah. So like, there's like a huge uh, like divination culture from Japan that I'm sure that he probably was had like access to. I cannot wait until we get to do an entire episode about Lady Charlotte. She's I know, I know. the I know. coolest. She's, uh, she's the best. A, so, a yeah. prototype of a deck collector, and she came up a lot in our deck research. And <laughs> yes, just, yes, yes. We have to do we'll a episode her. about her. We have to. <sighs> but yeah, I do think that it's appropriate for all levels of reading. I could really easily see, like, teenagers really liking it because of sort mm-hmm. of, like, the pop art, like, kind of cool, funky components of it. Um, but also, like, we really like it. So I don't oh, yeah. think that it's, like age specific and also because Lenormand is so focused on the items themselves it's mm-hmm. something that's super approachable for people who are interested in Lenormand. Exactly like it's not visually overwhelming where you're kind of looking and you're like okay what is this icon or like w- why is there a fish and there's so much water it's yeah. just basically kind of like strips it down to like its base form and kind of presents it in an, a visually easy way so you're not overwhelmed by especially yeah. when you start doing bigger sprites sometimes you can get visually 
way overwhelmed because you're dealing with like 36 cards all at a time. All the cards. Yeah, exactly. All the cards. And so this is really nice visually to kind of be able to like immediately tell what is what. Yeah, without totally. Without to think too much. So. I'll go through my favorites first because since I okay. don't own the deck, I think there will probably be fewer of them. Okay. okay. Uh, since I'm not looking at it in person. But I super, super love the stars card, which just yes. is like a sort of teal background with a more navy interior circle and then a bunch mm-hmm. of white stars. And it's just really, really cute and sort of like graphic. And yes. then I also super duper love the fish card. I love fish cards all the time. Yeah, Give the fish me some goldfish swimming around. I am in <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah yeah the fish cards are re- most of the time in most decks fish cards are one of the make or breaks for me yeah, but yeah that's really cute so one good. in this deck yeah all right now i want to hear about your faves okay so stars we did overlap with stars because i really like that card it's and such a good card it's so pretty um my other favorites are dog because this dog is like blocky but yet like a puppy he's kind of like wishbone yeah. kind of looks looks like oh wishbone. yeah it does look a little bit like wishbone with a little stocky tail yeah with a little stocky tail and like the dots on his around his eyeballs i like fox because the fox is like curled up like in a small donut and i'm like yeah oh, this so cute i can't even tell you how many times i've googled are foxes more like cats or dogs <laughs> like i google it probably like once a week it's so and... funny because oh keep going it's okay. no i just feel like that card is kind of exactly that question. exactly exactly well the thing is that um my husband thinks that our shelty is like a fox because he knows yeah. how much i like foxes and he's like we already have a fox we don't need another fox and she's we, got we that be- pointy face the pointy face she knows what i'm talking about her so she's like oh. what are you doing <laughs> but yes she has a pointy face she's like mischievous like a foxes she also makes noises like foxes so oh. i'm pretty sure she's Part fox wouldn't that be exciting i know you, we need exciting. to get you a yard before we get you a fox <laughs> it's true exactly that's <laughs> what i need is a, is a yard i also really love clover because of the way that the clover leaves themselves are kind of separated i really yeah. like visually how that's kind of more of like a stained glass yeah that's uh, but also kind of like what makes me keep thinking of pixels is that it's not just like yeah. a clover it's like clover leaves Mm-hmm. that are next to each other but i just think it's so striking i just love it right yeah it's like the different components going into the image so i just yeah. really it was really pretty and then i really love tower because if you've i mean just even been to japan and looking at like the historical buildings like you will see one of these tall pagodas and they're yeah. just beautiful oh, and striking so, so really i just really like that visual representation of tower and then my last one is woman is this traditional dress. And I just think it's like the woman and male cards, like having the traditional Japanese dress is just so beautiful. And like, I just love it. So yeah, totally. So pretty. I think just to go back to the tower for a second, I think that okay. because not everyone is as familiar with Lenormand in Lenormand, the tower does not have the same destruction chaos vibes right. as the tarot right. tower. So having something that would be a location where people would meet and discuss like a Mm -hmm. tower pagoda is perfect for it because that much more closely resembles what tower is for Lenormand. So that it it does allow in Lenormand decks for a tower to be something a little bit more dynamic and interesting Mm -hmm. than just like chaos, chaos, destruction, terror tower can be something that's like a longstanding structure, whether it's a business, whether it's government, whether it's like, you know, you just even waiting a long time for a result, you know, that's (laughs) (laughs) bureaucracy, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) so those are all my favorite cards. Did you have any questionable cards? No, not really. I It's not my favorite that the creator was like a white male that to me, it doesn't feel appropriative. It just kind of, to me, it felt more celebratory of Japanese culture than appropriative, yeah. if that makes any sense. But it's but still the same one time, of those weird things where it's Yeah, just it's like, one of the weird things kind of like, uh, but it wasn't like he took the culture for himself and then remade it into something different. He, yeah, you can tell in the deck, he studied historically what was accurate and translated that into the deck itself. So. Right. And I think also the additional context of seeing that when he liked an art style, he devoted a lot of energy into researching and like replicating and honoring it. It takes right. away some of the like, oh, then he just wanted to have a cool Japanese deck. It's right. Like, right. It doesn't feel quite so like exploitative, I guess. I don't know. It's just way too complicated to get into at the tail end of one of our podcast episodes. But I think that like overall, this doesn't feel exploitative or fetishizing or anything like that. Exactly. It doesn't at all. 
Uh, would you like to pull a card for our relationships with the deck? Yes, I will pull I mean, two cards for you and two cards for me because that's how you. we read Lenormand. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because <laughs> one card is just too devastating. We've already learned that. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Okay, so so Holly, let's see, relationship with the deck. Five, six, seven. I still do it with seven with Lenormand too. Let's see. Holly is tower and birds. So you're just going to, you're going to talk about getting this deck for a long time. That's what you're uh, going to talk about. You're, you're not going to never do it. Probably never get it. But you're going to talk about getting it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get the other one, though, that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was really pretty. And then my okay. relationship with the deck. Let's see. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's coffin and mountain. Okay, so apparently I need to use this deck to end obstacles that are arising. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> so, That's fantastic. Hey. Thank you very much. Freaking Lenormand decks, man. It just is always going to tell you something exactly pretty straightforward. It's going to be a bitch, but it's fine. Yes, exactly. All right. So next week, we're going to talk about Sacred Creators Oracle from Pixie Curio. So we both have the indie version, but I also got a copy of the mass market version that came out earlier yes. this week. Yay! I guess literally yesterday so that yep. we can talk about it. It is a really cool deck um, and I'm excited to review it. We also realized that we've been doing mostly tarot decks. So we're going to try to bring in our Oracle and Lenormand decks because I've been mostly buying Lenor or Oracle decks and Esther's been mostly buying Lenormand, Lenormand decks. decks. So <laughs> we need to start integrating those into the reviews as well, uh, which is why we're doing a Lenormand and then an Oracle back to back. Um, but that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com. Including a form in which you can submit your questions. Okay. Yes. There's okay, a form I was on like, it. Are you having It's a in our show notes. And I'm like, are you going to say it or not? I wasn't okay. looking at it. And then I realized <laughs> okay. I hadn't said it, but it had been like two and a half seconds. Two, and I was like, yeah, it had been I can't now since. because Esther's going <laughs> to start talking. And, and meanwhile, I'm just kind of staring at you. I Esther. <laughs> I'm like, are you going to say anything? It's, okay, <laughs> it's me. Um, and also, just tell your friends about us and write, review us if you can. We really appreciate any sort of words of encouragement you send our way. Yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. You can also join our Discord and shop for stuff that we've got in a red bubble shop. If you yeah. feel like you want our face, if you want our quotes, you know, be who you want to be, the world, the world to be the no. world. <laughs> Be the world you wish to world in the world. Yes, thank or you. Or if you want a tarot certification for a low, low price of less than $30. For 400 hours of tarot, whatever you want to define yeah, as credits. Exactly. <laughs> and remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. So much. <laughs>